0: Off the ballot in Colorado, there's nothing the defenders of democracy won't do to save themselves, save democracy from Donald Trump. Two, more sex in the Senate, more sex, more porn in Congress. Three, the plagiarism scandal around the president of Harvard. All of this with the host of Kennedy Saves the World, Kennedy. It's the Will Cain Podcast on Fox News Podcast. What's up? And welcome to Christmas. Officially, I think we are now together beginning the holidays, the Christmas break. Merry Christmas to you and yours. We got a lot of exciting episodes coming up through the holidays. Stay tuned because we're going to talk about my New Year's resolutions from 2023. How did I do? How much success? How much failure? Plus, I have some new resolutions for 2024. We'll get you ready for the college football playoff, and I'll give you my top five songs, series, and movies of 2023. That's all next week and the following week right here on the Will Cain Podcast. But the news does not stop. And as we head into this holiday weekend, as we head into Christmas, I thought we might review some of the biggest stories that happened over just the last few days. Can you believe the defenders of democracy have now subverted democracy? They've kicked Donald Trump off the ballot in Colorado. Let's discuss that plus more porn in Congress and the plagiarism scandal around Harvard with the host of Kennedy Saves the World, Kennedy. Kennedy, the host of Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. I'm so glad to have you here today on the Will Cain Podcast. For two people that name their shows after themselves, you take the cake for most humility. Kennedy Saves the World.
1: It's a, it's a humble job. It's a small job, but uh, I signed up to do it Will and buy gum every day, five days a week.
0: You just told me that humility is among your greatest attributes. What is your best? What is the best personality characteristic of Kennedy?
1: That's a great question. Um, hmm. I think it depends who you ask. I'm very loyal. Um, I'm I'm very, very loyal to people. And uh, I'm a food nurturer. So I do cook for people and bake and uh,
0: mixed drinks. I have been in your office during one of your cocktail parties. I have had your mixed drinks. I know you take a lot of pride in those mixed drinks, which I appreciate. I appreciate a good cocktail. You know, as I was listening to your answer, I was thinking how I would answer as well. I was totally not listening to what you had to say, just thinking about how I would answer my own (laughs) question. (laughs) So uh, what's your
1: best attribute, Will? What uh, is it?
0: You know... I only thought about this because I actually thought I might ask you as well. What is your obsession? Like One of my attributes, Kennedy, is I, I am insanely curious. But I, I get obsessed on something. And it probably goes in like a... I'd give it, I'd give it a 48 to 72-hour cycle where I need to fall down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. I want to know everything there is possible to know about some subject that's grabbed my curiosity like right now as we're talking i'm obsessed with oklahoma indian tribes i want to know about the chickasaw the choctaw Mm -hmm. their current supreme court battles their historical march literally on the trail of tears toward having these these indian reservations in oklahoma so that's in part because i just watched the movie um killers of the flower moon but also i was in southern oklahoma just the other day. So that's my current obsession. What is your current obsession?
1: That's interesting because my my obsessions are much longer term. Um, so I have been obsessed with triathlon since 1995. And I'm constantly, every day, trying to figure out how to get faster. And I think I plateaued about 25 years ago. And uh, I'm still racing essentially at the same speeds. And and I've tried everything like coaching, equipment, nutrition, trying to swim more days, trying to swim fewer days for longer periods of time, trying to add sprints, seeing if anything will help. And and so far, nothing.
0: I didn't know this about you. This is one of the things that I forget and then love every time I talk to you is you have these things like, when you and I first both discovered that we, we both love surfing what a fun thing to learn about one another. And then to discuss, I I can't profess any, any experience or passion for triathlons, but I didn't know that about you. I didn't know in 25 years worth of triathlons that is dedication.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's been a while and I just got a new bike. I sold two bikes to get one bike. So hopefully this bike I will have for a good 10 years. Um, and, you know, it's like I've gotten to the point where I don't want to screw around with any extra equipment, but what I have, like it has to last and it has to actually serve some purpose. There has to be functionality.
0: Okay. I want to go through three of the top biggest stories I feel of the week with you. And we will mix into some personal questions about the holiday. So let's start with what I think is the biggest decision, the biggest story of the week. And that's the Colorado Supreme Court uh, taking Donald Trump off the ballot, the primary ballot for the 2024 presidential election. It will immediately go to the Supreme Court. We'll find yes. out if this will stay. And even if it does stay, the Colorado GOP has said they'll move quickly to a, a caucus system of electing their candidate for president. Um, what it, When you see this story, Kennedy, and this is a place where I'm interested in what you may have in a potential surprise in the form of your opinion when you see this story what is your reaction
1: my reaction is it's putting the cart before the horse um he has been indicted he has not been convicted and i think that's actually very important and i think if the former president is convicted of something then you'll see states moving forward and i think because they know that it will go to the supreme court very quickly Uh, this is essentially a roadmap that they're giving to other states. And, you know, there are a lot of other states who will follow suit and try and do the exact same thing, uh, but I don't. I I I think it's a very very dangerous precedent. And what you have to do, if if this is something you're cheering as a Democrat, you have to ask yourself: if this were a conservative Supreme Court doing this to a Democrat candidate, would I be cheering in the same way? And if the answer is no, then you have to employ the political golden rule, uh, particularly for things as sensitive as this. And I don't like Donald Trump is not enough of a reason for people to keep him off a ballot. So, you know, and and if you're if you're so worried about voter suppression as our vice president has has been put in charge of, you know, voter suppression and voting rights and all of that, uh she should be at the forefront really questioning uh, skeptically this decision, which I I think absolutely will be overturned. But we have to be very, very careful setting these precedents and going down this
0: road. So when you say he's been indicted but not convicted, of course, there are four separate criminal charges that fit that description. The one that matters when it comes to Colorado is the, quote unquote, insurrection charge around January 6th with Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. Um, That's the one that allows the Colorado Supreme Court to say, you know, under the rules of the constitution, if you are guilty of insurrection then you can't be on the ballot for a democratic office, my takeaway Kennedy, I want to hear your response to this is, and I truly do try my hardest not to set aside my own bias, because I think that's, I don't think being an honest journalist is the process of setting aside bias, but being honest with the audience about your bias. Mm -hmm. But I do try to set aside partisanship. Um, It seems pretty clear that of the potential options for 2024, when it comes to those on the left, and I think most in the Democrat Party, it's just not an option for it to end with Donald Trump. And they will do anything at this point, censorship, criminal charges, including removing him from the ballot to ensure that the. That our democracy does not choose, does not elect Donald Trump. And it's just here we go. The defenders of democracy seem to be willing to do anything to ensure that that's not the outcome of democracy.
1: Yeah. And and these are very um, anti-democratic means. And I know what it feels like to not like a president. I pretty much don't like any president because as a philosophical libertarian, I haven't really seen a limited government person that I've been excited about running for president since Ron Paul in uh, 2012. And I thought he made a lot of headway, a lot of traction there with Tea Party Republicans who were very frustrated about the size and scope of government. They have uh, forgotten that directive, many of them since there are very few Republicans who remain. But I I do think that we have to be very, very careful not to go down these roads because of personal feelings or dislike. And, you know, I look at Donald Trump. I didn't vote for him either time, not because there aren't things about his policies that I despise. There are a lot of things, you know, his curtailing regulations, rolling back regulations, cutting taxes, you know, the, flirting with the idea of cutting spending, although he didn't really do that. Uh, but I, I think he had some good intentions in the arenas that are most important to me. But it, it made me realize he's such an anti-establishment candidate that the establishment, even if it's not his establishment, will do whatever they can to dismantle his campaign and his legitimacy. But what they don't realize is that is furthering and deepening Mm -hmm. the division. It just, it makes people who love him that much more angry. It doesn't change their minds
0: at all. Oh, I thought, yeah, you're right. It is furthering division. I thought you were going to say it's, 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 it's backfiring on them. It's counterintuitive. That's, a, that's it's, what I mean. It, yes. It's furthering the passion for him. I think they are increasing the likelihood that he is the choice of democracy.
1: Well, they're they're increasing the likelihood that the people who gravitated toward him, and there are different reasons people voted for him. Um, and now one of the reasons is, oh, well, my personal economy was better under Trump than Biden. So I think he's crazy, but I'll go back to that. But the people who liked him because he was an anti-establishment person who was really standing up for normal people, the fact that you have these technocrats who are, are trying to subvert their will because they think people are stupid, that absolutely will backfire.
0: What is... It'll be interesting to find out if this is unique or if this is traditional. What is the Christmas tradition at your home, Kennedy?
1: So my Christmas tradition is my girls will lobby to open as many presents as possible on Christmas Eve. They will get one. Um, I I do, I I pride myself on a very strong stocking game. And, you know, stocking items have to be bulky. You know, you can't put little things in a stocking. And I think like a thing of ice cubes or Trinet gum is totally fair. Um, A giant Hershey's kiss. But then I also do a a lot of nice stuff from Sephora because I have teenage girls in the stocking. And then um, in the morning, and I use that in air quotes because my college freshman has laid down the law that no one is to wake me up before noon. So noon. (laughs) yeah, Yeah. So we will have my mom has a very traditional cheese souffle. That I make every year, whether I'm with her or in New York. And this year, we're going to be in New York. I make homemade cinnamon rolls from scratch. And then this year, um, I'm doing a panettone French toast,
0: okay, which is easy. Really it's just, you just
1: slice up a panettone loaf and, and dip it in egg and milk and spices and sugar and fry it up like French toast. It
0: sounds okay, fancy. Quickly. So the stocking game, your focus yeah. on the stocking game. That's right. The cheese souffle. Mm-hmm. Um the cinnamon rolls mm-hmm. are those things that your mother did for you? Are those traditions that were handed to you down to you that you are now doing with your girls?
1: The the cheese souffle, yes, since I was a baby. I my youngest memories of Christmas and the first Christmas I remember I was 2 years old, we've had that cheese souffle. And my mom has gone to great lengths in in many forms to either write down or email or print out the recipe for us so everyone has it. And, And that is made in every home if we're not there with my mom.
0: So I saw this, my wife showed me this Instagram meme that said, whatever it is you're doing today, is what they will do with their kids. They will they will seek to replicate, whether or not they know it or not, the way they felt when they were kids. Mm-hmm. And that that's the essence of a tradition. But there's a reason that on Christmas Day, I put on George Strait's Christmas album. There's a reason that I say to my wife, no, I think we should put the stockings outside their door. It's because that's what they did for us when we were kids, my parents. And by the way, that was a time buying mechanism. Stockings got moved to the bedroom door. So you had something to occupy time while parents slept in a little bit longer before whatever goes down on Christmas day. Are you a let them rip through it as fast as they can on Christmas day or make this go one at a time? You have girls, so it's probably a little less gluttonous. It's a little more genteel. Um, Is it or is it like drag it out? On no, I,
1: I like, I like one at a time. I do. I like people, you know, it's like if I, cause I've been buying stuff for months and I do that. So I don't have a massive credit card bill in January. You know, I, I really try and kind of meter things <laughs> Smart. out and, and think of things, but also I forget that I bought stuff. So I always have a little bit more than I thought I did. Um, uh, but I, you know, it's like, I have put thought into everything I've gotten them because I don't want any garbage presents, you know, other than the ice cubes, or Trident gum or Giant Hershey's Kisses. Like there's thought that has gone into everything because I don't want a bunch of garbage. And therefore, if I'm putting thought into it and putting time and wrapping every single gift, I want everyone to open theirs kind of individually.
0: I wish I did that. I wish I bought gifts throughout the year. Okay, story number... I mean,
1: I'm telling you, like the credit card debt, just remind (laughs) yourself next year. So you start buying in like June or July, and you just get a couple things here and there because it makes it so much better when January
0: rolls around. I believe you. I'm going to have a conversation as soon as this podcast is over about budget. We'll be right back with more of the Will Kane Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful is America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Story number two. Um, What's going on with sex in the Senate or the Congress? What's going on with sex in Washington, D.C.? It was earlier this week, last weekend, there was the story from the Daily Caller. About two Senate or one Senate staffer. We don't know the identity of the second person uh, for Senator Ben Cardin, essentially creating a gay porn tape inside a Senate committee uh, hearing chamber. Mm-hmm. And now there's a report from Semaphore. I don't know if this is newer or older, Kennedy. I don't think they know for sure the timing of it, it might be older, that there's another sex tape involving other members. Um, I think this one might be connected to the house, but the identities haven't been released and it's not mm-hmm. out yet, but it's, I mean, one's enough. Are we going to have multiple, you know, gay porn tapes from inside of
1: the, hey man, it, it wasn't, the it halls wasn't, of Congress? It was not the gayness that freaked me out. It was, well, the no, it's just, but it's that, a, that it's a, it's a part of the story. So the adjective is actually part an, the- and, and, and a, an entire career to lose because, he had to fulfill his whims and desires in the moment. And, you know, I'll give you an example. Like, I know the feeling of wanting to get the best picture, the best moment so you can post it on social media. So I went to the F1 race in Vegas with my boyfriend and we were in a paddock and the, the bus with the podium winners was right in front of us. So I knew That when they started spraying champagne, it would look really cool if I turned my camera around and did a video of my boyfriend and I pouring and drinking champagne in that exact moment. I knew that would look great. And it did. It looked awesome. And What was cooler is people in the paddock area were also spraying champagne everywhere. So everyone was just soaked. It was a great moment. And it's like, you have to take advantage of that backdrop because it only happens for a couple seconds. And if you miss it and you don't do it, you regret it. So I understand that feeling, but that is what is fueling an entire generation. So this kid is like, everyone knows I work for Senator Cardin. Like, I can chase even more clout by boning a dude in this meeting room. Like, this is so taboo. This is so naughty. And everyone will know exactly where we are and what we're doing because we're being so explicit with everything. And we're just like barfing all of our indiscretions and needs and desires everywhere. And there, there are, there's no compartmentalization. There are no lines. Everything is completely blurred. And that is my problem with what's going on right now. Like, if if you want to have sex, if you want to do drugs, do it over here. So you're not affecting other people. But it's like this need to sexualize everything and put everything out in the open. It's But I, 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 I think, don't think there is brave. something.
0: I think there's something deeper, Kennedy. I think be, you're right, and then, and then you say why? And I think the whatever we want to call it the the tabooness, the ugliness, the the that's the point. It's not exhibitionism, and it's not perfect picture, in my estimation. Not perfect moment. I'm not even sure it's clout. It's like in that video, you know, whoever's taking the the POV shot does a pan to the seal of the Senate, right? and you have to prove where you are yeah and i don't think it's for clout as much as it is for like yes tearing down norms i don't norms isn't the right word i'm searching for it's like tearing down what's proper it's like the fact that this is wrong is the point of it and and that we need to do this we need to defile. i i think that's what there's something in there beyond simply exhibitionism or even hedonism. It's like the, the, I, I keep struggling for what the adjective is, the dirtiness, the ugliness, the, the indiscretion. That's the point. The yes. point is to tear down what is again, sacred. this isn't the right word sacred. Cause I don't, I don't think government is sacred, but to tear down what is supposed to be somehow in some way, some communal good.
1: Yes. And I think that's the point. So, But people, they want to burn churches. They want to burn flags. They, they want to burn the Quran, They want to burn the Bible. They want to burn Israeli flags. They want to tear down posters of Israeli prisoners. And so they want to tear down and destroy. And that's one thing. But what are mm. they offering in return? Like, what, what utopia are you offering me? You're offering me a dystopia. No one wants to live in a dystopia. I don't want to. I don't want to live in a world where we have to blacklight everything to make sure we're not sitting in microbes.
0: <laughs> yeah, poor Senator Klobuchar. Apparently, that was her position uh, in the judiciary chamber. She hell needs of a blacklight. A position he, you. Um, I like what you said. That was really smart. I, I do think we are in such a moment of indulgence of destruction. It's as though destruction is virtue, but you offer nothing in its place. No, and, and it's like creation is virtue, not destruction. Destruction is easy. Creation is hard. Um, next, you're the perfect person, I think, to ask this. Next week, I'll be giving my top five songs, my top five movies or shows that I stream during the year. Let me just ask you your top one of each. What was your top song and your top show? You can have movie or series. Oh, of that's a great question.
1: um so my top song was actually a throwback from a few years ago but it's it's a song that i kept going back to and that's life itself by glass animals i think that's a that's a really great song that i found to be very very enjoyable and also uh darius rucker's version of wagon wheel mm. I, I listened to that so much i it made me so happy for some reason
0: I never liked um, his version as much as the original, so I could never get into it.
1: I mean, it's Bob Dylan wrote the song, but I can't find a Bob Dylan version of it.
0: I was talking about Old Crow Medicine Show. Yeah, and
1: that's a a great version as well. It's it's fantastic. And then it made me realize, like, why do I not like Darius Rucker? Because of Hootie and the Blowfish? (laughs) Like, that's so lame. It was so dumb on my part, and it's like, the guy has so much talent, and he's supposedly a really, really cool person. So uh, that was... One thing I really like, Jury Duty. It made me laugh so hard. I thought really? James Marsden was so funny. I
0: tried Jury Duty. I had it recommended, and I think I gave it two or three episodes, and I don't have anything negative to say. It just didn't grab me. I just didn't yeah. keep going.
1: And of course, you know The Crown. I love The Crown. Oh it's man, like we are different. How much I love The we're
0: Crown. We're on different watching. So Jury Duty. For those who may not know, that's the show where everybody there's one guy it's like a, a reality show where they think they're on a jury and everybody's an actor except for one guy i mean the pitch and the, the 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 idea is awesome and he doesn't know that everyone else around him is faking it and so he thinks he's surrounded by insanity um i need to go back to it maybe I they, need. To they did a it.
1: really good job so if if you watched the show um joe schmo did you watch that no. And uh th- see that it was so funny. So it was a guy who thought he was cast in like a real world type situation, but everyone else was an actor and uh the poor guy was so mad when he found out at the end. And uh everyone like they all fell in love with him because he was such a sweet kid. And then he it turned out he was really, really mad at the end, but it was cliches okay. from every show, you know, from the bachelor and the real world and every cliche archetype and character that you've seen in reality TV, you know, the slutty girl and the gay guy and the nerd, like they were all in there. So that it was, it was like that, but the, The characters were just a little bit more nuanced and they were so, so funny. It was, I I thought it was great.
0: You reminded me, I spent a lot of time with Love is Blind in 2023. So I may have Mm -hmm. to put that on my list of best shows next week here on the Will Cain Podcast. Don't go anywhere. More of the Will Cain Podcast right after this. I'm Benjamin Hall, Fox News correspondent and New York Times bestselling author. Join me for my brand new podcast, Searching for Heroes. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. All right. Story number three, Harvard's plagiarism scandal. It seems to be swirling around President Claudine Gay as we speak. It was it, the jumping off point was her testimony in front of Congress when it comes to anti-Semitism and generally speech at large on Harvard, both when they censor and when they allow certain various forms of speech. It claimed the job, that hearing, that that testimony, claimed the job of Liz McGill at Penn. It didn't claim the job of Claudine Gay. And many people have wondered why. Um, and then from that, donors have pulled. I think another donor pulled just yesterday. Uh, Bill Ackman said he pulled. He won't hire Harvard um, resumes, Harvard graduates. And people focused on on gay... Arriving at this position, which her qualifications are less than most university presidents, um, just on a resume. But now there's this there's these allegations that I think what is it like 20, 20 different allegations of plagiarism, and some of it's ripping the full New York paragraphs. Post said it's,
1: it's up to forty.
0: Is it forty?
1: Yeah. So the Harvard, so the New York Post was doing their own expose before her testimony before Congress. And, you know, Harvard was like, back off. We're going to sue you if you keep investigating this. And it's like, oh, my gosh, the First Amendment is so inconvenient. And then they said that it was just uh, the Harvard Corporation, which is the highest governing body at the school. They said that they had their own internal investigation and that more citations were needed. But it was just that it wasn't plagiarism. It was just that citations were lacking. So what that means is she was using someone else's words in a number of circumstances but passing them off as her own words and thus her own ideas. But They weren't. And so when you're passing someone else's writing or ideas off as your own, that's what plagiarism is. Mm. And, you know, it's like a a lot of people have paid with their careers. Joe Biden was caught up in a plagiarism scandal. Um, And, you know, I mean, he really shouldn't be president to begin with. But it it makes you wonder if uh, those protective and mutable characteristics are really the best way of selecting leaders in this day and age
0: talking about race they're calling anyone who's invested in this story essentially a white supremacist
1: yeah race and gender like do i deserve a job because i'm a woman no i deserve a job because i kick so much ass and i have been for 30 years
0: old mic drop I didn't know that was the end of that, <laughs> that was point. Yeah.
1: That was I it. thought
0: that was a wind-up no, pitch. I didn't realize that was the strikeout that pitch. That was a good one, yeah. It was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty clear why she got the job and why she's being so protected. And to your point, it's not the best way to go about selecting the leaders of America. And it's not just leaders. It, it, it starts with leadership and then filters down to the point that many people have brought up, you know, if this is how we're selecting people, now on immutable characteristics, we're gonna have compromised various parts of our economy from from pilots to to sanitation workers, from university doctors. presidents. Like,
1: do you want do you want your surgeon to be someone who checked boxes? And the other thing that it does is yeah. you know, you look at someone like Tanji Brown Jackson. She's a a brilliant jurist. She's really, really smart, even if you had an issue with the fact that she couldn't answer the question about what is a woman, uh, you know, a really brilliant person. And it would be a shame for someone like that, for people to assume, oh, you've only achieved what you have in life because you happen to be a woman of color. And I think that's really unfair to people who happen to be women, who happen to be Black, who've worked really, really hard against so many odds, you know, within their families and failing school systems and and still continue to rise to the occasion. You know, they should be applauded. They shouldn't have people looking at them skeptically. But that's what happens when you have instances like this, which, you know, they only further people's Unspoken racism. And to me that's that's sad. It's having the opposite effect of what their employment was intended.
0: It is December twenty second, perhaps December twenty-third, by the time somebody's listening to this conversation. You are now, as I know, the perfect person to end this conversation with this question. What is the perfect gift that you gave and that you want to get in twenty twenty-three? You gotta be careful, I know, with what you gave because they might they, they might probably be have not yet opened that gift.
1: No, there's there but, has not been a lot of openings. Um I got my boyfriend a really nice suit. So a good friend of mine uh is a bespoke menswear designer, and uh he was kind enough to help me out and I got my boyfriend a beautiful suit, which he knows about because he had to be measured for. Uh, The best gift I got this year was I got a trip to Monza to see the F1 race in Italy for my birthday. And that's probably the best birthday gift I've ever gotten.
0: So let me ask a question about each of those. So the suit idea is great, by the way, because suits are something that, I mean, this sounds so spoiled, but it's just true as a product of my job I take for granted because I get suits, right? Uh, I have a budget to wear suits on air and that's just the way it is. But I know for guys, and before I was doing this, like I just didn't have many suits. Just don't and I don't wear them all that often. And so when it's time, it's kind of like what tuxedos were suits have turned into. Like you only wear it so often, you pull it out and it doesn't fit right anymore and it's an old style. And so to get one that's actually fitted, you know, tailored to you, um is an awesome gift. It's an awesome gift to have in your closet and I don't know how many, and, I don't you know, know how women,
1: women, we don't relate to it because, you know, we cycle through dresses and outfits and, and trends and, you know, we buy stuff that we know isn't going to last as long. Whereas a, a well-made men's suit is there. There's, I don't know that there's anything comparable in wardrobe for a woman, maybe like a really expensive handbag. But, you know, when you have a designer who takes the time and goes, Actually, this color fabric is really, really good for you. And, you know, this is why I like this cut. And uh, it's, it was a fascinating. And process. you go classic.
0: You can't yeah. go trendy. You have no. to go something because a Absolutely. guy's going to wear that for five years easy. Um, oh, but real quick on the gift that you got, it wasn't Christmas, it was your birthday. Yeah. Experience is always interesting. Everyone loves an experience after and during, but before. Like when you open it and somebody gives you an experience, kind of a letdown, right? Because you didn't have anything to open. It's not like on Christmas, if I gave you, hey, we're going to go to El Salvador surfing together.
1: Sweet. First of all, you'd
0: be like, that's a bummer. (laughs) You're signing me up. will to hang out with you for a while. uh, That'd
1: be great. El Salvador has some great surf.
0: Yeah, I told you I went to El Salvador this year, right? And it's, uh, it's rough. El Salvador's oh, I've rough.
1: I've heard that. I heard you had to be really, really careful, but the yeah. brakes are it's fantastic.
0: Not, how about this for a statement? It's not Mexico. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Right, like Mexico, it feels safer, more developed, cleaner. El Salvador's rough, um, but the experience thing, like we even talked about with my sons, like what if we took them, even even tickets to a game, even if that were something that. I can't, I can't decide if experiences live up in the moment when you're opening a present mm-hmm. to your expectations on Christmas.
1: So what if you got them like a really cool football? And they're like, oh, football's neat. But you're like, yeah, but this only... Sim-. So you have like a physical thing. Can I tell you a funny Christmas fail that I had with my stepdad? Please. This was years ago. This was in the 90s when I was at MTV. Um, my good friend, Scott Ian from anthrax his dad was a diamond jeweler so i told him that i wanted to get my mom a pair of diamond earrings split them with my stepdad my stepdad thought that was a great idea and so we agreed that we would each give her one that i would give her (laughs) one in a box and uh and then my stepdad had a special way he wanted to give it to her so christmas morning everyone's gathered around everyone has already opened everything we have in-laws and boyfriends and girlfriends and you know grandchildren kids running around and so I give my mom the box and she opens it she sees one earring so I thought she would be intrigued and everyone was like what is wrong with you where's the other earring and so my stepdad hadn't come out of the room yet with the other one so I kind of stalled and I was like oh my roommate and I were trying them on I bet uh, they're probably back in my apartment in New York and everyone's like, you are so inconsistent. Like everyone piled on and like started yelling at me. And my mom was just like really dejected and sad. And everyone was just like, how dare you? I couldn't believe how quickly these vultures turned. And then my stepdad comes in with a little piglet from Winnie the Pooh. And my mom's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Thanks. I, I want a stuffed animal. And he's like, why don't you look at piglet's ear? And then the little diamond earring was in piglet's ear. And I'm like, suck it, Trebek. You guys are the worst. <laughs> you turned on me. This I think that sounds like presence. a great
0: story. I love. You got to have the uh, the roller coaster of emotions. You got to have the highs, the lows to have the highs. I like the narrative. I thought the story was going to be about the special way that your stepfather wanted to give it to your mother, and I was like, wow, that's that sounds like a podcast episode in of itself. Yeah, the, with uh, Doctor Freud. The mysterious special way, but it turns <laughs> yeah. out it was Winnie the Pooh. No, it was, it uh,
1: was Piglet. That's all.
0: Piglet. Yeah. Yep. Happy ending. Kennedy, this has been awesome. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope we do it a lot more. And everybody that listens to this podcast should go check out Kennedy Saves the World. Thank yes, you, Kennedy. Will Merry Kane Christmas. is going to
1: be on my happy hour podcast. I cannot wait. Uh, Will, you're awesome. Much love to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you, dear.
0: Merry Christmas. There you go. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kennedy. If you did, subscribe to her podcast at Fox News Podcast. Kennedy saves the world. I hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. I'll see you again next time. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcast And Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Hey!